Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times podcast. I am your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host. I, I got it right that time. You got it. Kevin dude, Gallagher. Good, yeah, I, I fucked it up, but you got it right. <laughs> yeah, no. And uh, a very special guest, uh, another ace writer for the Jiu-Jitsu, a fellow ace writer for the Jiu-Jitsu Times, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Purple Belt down in New Orleans, and a singer for the amazing band Loose Cattle, uh, Kimberly K. Thank you very much for joining us, Cam. Hey. How you doing? How are you, gentlemen? So, uh, sad. I have I'm up to 18 imaginary friends that I talk to to feel better. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm, I hate how I look in the mirror, and uh, yeah, my dogs are starting to annoy me, which I didn't think was possible. Kev, what about you? <laughs> I. Uh, I am also concerned about my appearance. I just noticed myself today looking in the uh, in, in the video camera back at myself, and I am not looking pretty right now. I don't feel pretty. I don't feel uh, I don't feel like I, I'm presentable to the world. But what the hell? This is kind of funny. Like I was telling Kev off air that we can use these podcasts as a timeline for our decline into uh, into nothingness as this, as this life goes on. No, it's not. This this whole like apocalypse look that everybody's like starting to evolve right now because no one can get their hair cut, nobody can get their roots done, nobody's going for their facials. I I do know that there's a lot of men in my town who are starting to learn what their girlfriends actually look like. I had no idea. I had no idea. And they're they're locked in a room with them for the next uh, for the for the unforeseeable unforeseeable future. So. Well, good luck with that. Well, we, let's, talk, we let's, have, let's talk about some things here. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say, you know, uh, through the podcast, Kevin, uh, Kevin G and I have given fairly accurate reports about what's going on in like the Northeast and in Florida. We had like most of the first part of our episode with uh, Drew Weatherhead was just talking about how crazy Florida is. Uh, you are currently in New Orleans. Uh, how are things? How are things down there? Uh, I mean, we are still, I think at this point, we're still considered the epicenter of the South as far as infections go, uh, you know, so there's a, <laughs> there's a fair amount of, of tension and upset around that, obviously, but, um, you know, New Orleans has the unique uh, benefit of being a place that gets wiped off the map by like a biblical act of God every like <laughs> years. So while it is very distressing that we are the epicenter of a plague, like no one's really freaking out. They're like, there's no water in my house. The power's still on. I can flush my toilet. Like, I don't understand what everybody's so upset about. So I'll, say, I, I'll say that for Florida as well. We, we, we're, we're accustomed to being, uh, to being railroaded by hurricanes on a daily basis. So this is just like another yeah. day in the park for us. I don't know, yeah, but exactly. Kevin, according to Kim, it's it sounds like Florida is going to have to step up its game if it wants to take the title of epicenter of the South away from New Orleans. You <laughs> yeah. know, like there's still time. There's time. You know, we got however many weeks. If you want to go lick some doorknobs or whatever, just speed this thing up. We can see what happens. Well, one thing about Floridians is we are stubborn enough to uh, to want to attain any goal that put that we're setting up, setting our way, and. Uh, <laughs> I think that if uh, if if we continue on the same route, it won't be too long before we're we're licking at your uh, you're jumping at your heels to try to catch up to you guys. I wonder what <laughs> Vegas odds on which state is going to have the worst outbreak. Kev, you know what's sad is I'm guarantee you there's somewhere there's some lonely degenerate gamblers betting on that right now as we speak. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, Kim, what I are you want, drinking? I want to know the odds. Yeah, what are you drinking? Uh, I got tea. I got tea, lemon, manuka, honey. You know me. I got. I, uh, uh, I was drinks. going to. Uh, I was actually going to drink tea, but I went to uh, to the store because I got my COVID money today, and I decided to spend a little money on. Uh, on a local business and I bought a sandwich and a cup of coffee from a cool little place called buddy brew in Tampa. If you're in Tampa in the area, go to buddy brew, spend some money, spend a little money on the local economy to, to try to keep things going. So when we get back out, there's still places for us to go. Buddy here. brew. It's a brew by your buddy. It's funny too, because you can't really see it. I'm going to put it up, but you see the little dog. <laughs> the, 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 the mascot is a dog. They're, they're, they're really cool. The guy, one of my students at the gym, one of my Brown belt students, Kit, uh, Kit Corral, runs a marketing company he actually does the marketing for that company it's that he came up with the dog and the whole thing i thought that was pretty cool buddy Brown. Yeah. all right so, well kim i was just gonna say you know uh while we we love to have you just because you know you're really cool got cool hair cool singer great writer you know he's got a crush on you we're not gonna talk about that we, we, we talk about it off air a little bit we'll bring we'll bring it up i, don't, I, I have met well i part. have met her whole family so i don't think that's <laughs> yeah, i've met a, a significant number of your family members for just the first I time that we yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, caught, I was able to catch one of your shows it was a lovely experience all you guys are great um but you actually have a, a unique perspective in the in the health space. So I was just wondering if you'd want to talk a little bit about like a your experiences during the outbreak and b uh, sort of your experience with health in general. Yeah, sure. So uh, I mean, when I'm not doing jujitsu or not singing, um, I work as a functional medicine health coach, um, and about half my clients and patients are people with autoimmune disorders, people with genetic disorders, people with like, you know, impaired immune function. And then the other half of my clients are MMA fighters. My uh, my partner owns Nola Mixed Martial Arts here in New Orleans. He is a mixed martial arts fighter and coach. And so I have, you know, this interesting split of like some of the healthiest, fittest people you can imagine and some of the sickest, most unhealthy people you can imagine. Um, and then, uh, you know, where I fit in that, how I got into that is uh, I was born with a genetic disease that causes autoimmunity called Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. So, you know, th this whole like quarantine thing, the, you know, the, the hypervigilance about washing, the, the awareness of how viruses work, like I'm caught up on this. This has been my jam since I was born. People are like, are you freaking out? I'm like, no, this is like every weekend for most of my life <laughs> was kind of like this. That's I've been practicing distancing forever. <laughs> I actually, I remember when this first broke out. I remember you, you were talking. I remember just hearing that you had autoimmune, autoimmune uh, issues, and I remember sending you a uh, Facebook message to tell you, "Hey, yeah. just make sure you're safe out there. I know you're compromised." And you were like, yeah, this, is, "This is every day for me, man." <laughs> like, I, I, new. <laughs> I live in a plastic bubble my entire life. You were a really good source, a uh, uh, resource for me. Early on, when I was kind of creeping out and losing my mind in terms of coming up with a few items to help keep my immune system up and running, a few things to help with some viral uh, viral uh, tips. One of the ones I, I took to heart was the vitamin C. I couldn't get vitamin C over the counter, but I've been eating egg, uh, you know, oranges and apples and things like that to try to boost up every day. And then I've been putting uh, ginger and um, – ah, shit uh, – uh, ginger and don't, don't eat help shit, me out. man. That's not good. <laughs> ginger and, and ta 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 oh, shit, I tamarind. Yeah, I couldn't think of the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting that in my tea when I drink it with a little lemon. Uh, I used to drink tamarind all the time. I had a plant in my backyard, but I'm, I'm trying to get back into it again. 
So let's get some of your insights on that. Tell us a few things about what are some things that we as just everyday Joes can do to help us to keep our immune systems going while this thing starts to spread through. Sure, sure. So, um, you know, obviously because I work with immune patients and have immune dysfunction myself, like how do you boost your immune system, you know, naturally? There's a lot of nonsense on the internet about how to do that. And um, I have been lucky to, because of the work that I do, I work with doctors, I work with nurses, I work with researchers. And so I got good information um, from people who are, you know, medical practitioners in other countries kind of in advance. Uh, China and Japan, way, way back at the beginning of this, sent out information that said, hey, we're using ascorbic acid, vitamin C, intravenously with success in our sickest critical COVID patients. So make sure people are getting this in your hospitals, but also when they're treating at home, obviously they're not gonna be able to do IV intravenous uh, sorbic acid, but they can still take it orally. So make sure you stock up on vitamin C. And I got the heads up on that, you know, before it was sold out and stocked up on it. Um, but uh, so we do know that clinically speaking, like this is not like, oh, woo woo crystal healing, like you gotta take vitamin C. Like we know that vitamin C uh, protects lung tissue from oxidative damage from viruses. And so it has been helpful in helping people who go septic or have that pneumonia as a result of COVID. Um, and that is for people who like have mild symptoms. Like anytime you're sick, your body is draining your reserves of vitamin C all day long as it fights an infection. So you wanna be taking vitamin C when you are sick, when you are showing symptoms of an infection every three or four hours consistently. So that's like, my big one with everybody when they're like, I got, you know, I've, I've got the fever, I've got the headache, I've got that. I'm like, do you have vitamin C in the house? And if you don't have vitamin C because it's not easy to find right now, there's alternative sources of it. Um, so acerola cherry is uh, something that's high in vitamin C. Rose hips are super high in vitamin C. Baobab tree powder is super high in vitamin C. And those are all things that people can order pretty cheap online, organic, and just do that instead. Or like you, you can just binge eat oranges all day. But if eventually you're getting tired of the citrus face, like you can take a break. Well, I, I um, live in Florida. We never get tired of eating oranges. Right. All right. That's like that. your entire economy is like yeah. built around. We it's eat cocaine, oranges and it's cocaine, it's cocaine, tigers, and oranges. That's <laughs> the Florida. <laughs> cocaine, yeah. tigers, yeah. and oranges. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in that order. Um, Kev, so, that's not too far off from the truth. Just oh, <laughs> so in addition to vitamin C, um, we had a report that came out of Italy first and then was kind of, you know, hey, we saw this also. We saw that it's also that in the blood work of some of the most severe COVID-19 patients who were ending up in critical care, um, they were all vitamin D deficient, which is it's really easy to become vitamin D deficient, especially as you get older and you're more housebound. So they were seeing that the patients who were dying, almost all of them had low levels of vitamin D in their, in their, so they started telling people, you know, make sure you're getting 15 to 20 minutes of sunlight, even if it means you got to open your windows, go out on your terrace, go on the knees, stand out on the lawn, like make sure you're doing that or that you're taking vitamin D3 with vitamin DK, those two together, you have to take your vitamin D with K for to absorb and go to the right places. Well, uh, that's another thing. We'll, we'll, we'll sorry, go ahead. We'll, we'll just direct sunlight be enough. Do you have to take any additional sub, uh, supplements to get the vitamin D that you were that's required? 
It totally depends on the person. Some people uh, assimilate and synthesize, synthesize uh, vitamin D from sunlight really, really easily. Other people have genetic abnormalities that make that more challenging. And so those people tend to, people who are like, it's 13 below zero. I'm in Minnesota and I haven't seen in forever. Those people are going to want to take a supplement. I think in Florida, the majority of people are probably able to get enough sun. In Louisiana, most people are. But you'd be surprised. People who work in offices, people who work in healthcare, people who, you know, leave early and, and come home late, they may not be able to get 15 to 20 minutes. So, Well, you know, I, I was finding it a bit challenging myself. I live in Florida, but I also work in bars. I'm there all night long. Right, so, right. I, you know, I, it's not like I'm out sunbathing all day long. And particularly when you have people that are housebound for extended periods of time, you know, you get into the same rut where you're like, well, I don't want to leave the house for I just I got no reason to leave the house. I you can stay here. Based upon our conversations prior, I was making sure that I I used to take my dogs out, you know, when it's not so hot out, because it does get a little hot here in, in, in Florida in the summertime. Right, right. But I've been taking my dogs for a walk in the daytime. I mean, make sure I go out to do little things outside, take my shirt off, get a little sun, just so I get that vitamin D inside of me. So, yeah. You are you you are you are you're helping me be a better person. I, like I appreciate that. Now I take my shirt off, you know, just like very subtly, you know. Send drop out there. I could do it now. Ah. <laughs> I'm so fat. You don't want to see the. Dick. <laughs> 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 it's fucking disgusting. Are you kidding me? I haven't done dick for fucking. <laughs> oh wow! I love this. I we love this. this is great. <laughs> now, uh, bef- I I do have some uh, some health questions, like Kevin, but I also think, and I I wanted to. Uh, discussed this earlier, but you like there was a role, so I, I'm just going to ask it now. Could you go a little bit more into your your history with health science? You, you know your qualifications. You know we're, we're asking these questions. Uh, why should people be listening to what you have to say and your 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 thoughts on the matter? You're working with athletes, but uh, like chart out a little bit clearer for me uh, how you came to know what you know, where you learned it. You know if if that's fine. You mean, am I pulling this off WebMD in, in real time and just well, reading it? I'm only saying that just because there is a lot of people spreading a lot of misinformation about the virus. And, you know, uh, I trust you, but, you it's, know. It's, a- it's been a really challenging period of time to, to be, a, you know, a provider. Obviously, I'm not a frontline provider, but, yeah, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, Short version is um, after I was released from the hospital, I went into organ failure in 2016 and 2017, multiple organ failure as a result of this genetic condition I have that we didn't know at the time that I had. Uh, And so when you're in organ failure, you have a lot of free time. I mean, like a lot of free time. Uh, It's just a lot. Um, And so I decided to go back to school. Um, I knew that as a patient, I was looking at a really long recovery and I wanted to spend that time meaningfully. So uh, I went to uh, functional medicine academy first to get my, you know, my pre your prerequisite for doing nutrition and uh, feeding coach work is you, you got to have some sort of foundational education. So I got uh, my certification as a functional medicine health coach. Uh, now I'm at my Degree in uh, functional nutrition on top of that. But before those, you know, before the actual formal education came 30 years of I have immune deficiency and I have this rare form of immune deficiency, which means spending a lot of time with really, really smart doctors and really hands on educators as well. Uh, Part of the reason I, I went to the program that I did is my doctors were like, you know more about feeding people 
with certain immune and gut issues than we do at this point because you've been living with this for so long. You've been sitting with other patients for so long. So uh, my mom's a critical care nurse. Shout out to Sue up in New Jersey doing, doing her hey. nursing. Mama. Um, you know, so I, I came from a family that, you know, had some medical background, some education and how Western medicine works. Uh, got educated in it as a patient first and then on the other side went to school for integrative medicine starting to see where like where can we take western stuff and stuff like nutrition sunlight movement um you know light therapy cold therapy cryotherapy stem cells stuff like that and put it together in ways that help people with immune issues genetic issues and then like really demanding athletic performance needs thrive and that's that's my background. You, I, you could have just said you were like a jujitsu purple belt, and I would have been like, "Yeah, you probably know what you're talking about." <laughs> what are, can you explain to us some of the uh, the advantages of a holistic approach as opposed to a medicinal approach or a uh, conventional medicine, medicinal approach? Sure, sure. So the 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 way I like to describe it is, you know, Western medicine is about as good as it gets if you get hit by a truck or shot. If you get hit by a truck or shot, you want to be near a Western medicine hospital. We have robotic surgery that'll blow your mind. We have very educated surgeons. We have this incredible diagnostic tech that is just like, you know, the the ability we have to diagnose people or help people with acute trauma, acute issues, things that are a limited window, um, incredible. But when we have chronic conditions, Western medicine is not great at managing that when you see people who have, you know, Crohn's disease, uh, something that they're going to have the rest of their life, and they're going to have to manage it, we really don't have much, we have pills that we can throw at them. And we have treatments that we can throw at them that manage their symptoms, but we don't have a lot of solutions in Western medicine that are uh, that work with quality of life. Someone who is not going to be cured, who is not going to get all the way better, but uh, all of these other modalities do. You know, Ayurveda, um, Chinese medicine, cryotherapy, like I'm mentioning, red light therapy, some of the biohacking stuff that you see the bulletproof and the you know the Dave Asprey devotees talk about. Elements of all of these things are useful at certain times for certain patients with certain issues. And so I like integrative because you you can take the medical advances of Western medicine, really good imaging, really advanced pharmaceuticals if somebody has a bad infection, uh, really great surgery, and then take this other stuff like, hey, you're chronically in pain. Maybe instead of getting addicted to opiates, we could manage it with these 17 other things over here that are not addictive. And that way you never become a drug addict and you're not in pain. So it's always felt like for me personally, as a patient, all of the progress I've made has been from marrying the two worlds. And so I feel pretty strongly. It's a good way for most people to do things. Balance. Yin and yang. Ba uh, Kevin, I was, no this is actually a good question for you. You know, you've been in, you know, the fight game in various uh, facets. You've been, you know, uh, boxing, jujitsu, you know, you, you've, you've spoken openly about your uh, dealing with sort of injuries relating to that career choice. Um, what's like managing chronic pain like for you these days? Um, so 
If you if you feel comfortable talking about it. No, for sure. It. Absolutely. I always feel comfortable. I believe it. I love to talk about my broken down old ass, man. <laughs> Just gives you something to speak on. Um, so I'll tell you what I found in, in my career. And I, and I consider, I wish I had a better knowledge of holistic medicine because it's, I would love to be able to get involved in more of that stuff. Um, I am just big on my stomach hurts. I take a freaking Zantac and I'm good. Don't take Zantac anymore though. Cause you get your cancer, but in general, along those lines, right. um, what I appreciate and what I have found that is, uh, helps me along those lines is that you think of health as a general concept as opposed to individual ailments. And I think that's what the holistic approach deals with in the most part and in the approach of, of Eastern medicine in terms of Western medicine. I may be wrong in this regard, but I think that as Americans in our country and in general, the Western philosophy is you don't deal with things preemptively. You uh, alleviate the symptoms. Um Correct. So what I have found just throughout the course of my life is just I, you know, tend to self-medicate a lot, which is not healthy. But I also tend to find stressors that will cause certain issues to exasperate. And then I don't do those as much. Like I have concussion problems. I just I've had concussion problems my whole life and they plague me and they pop up all the time and it's a pain in the fucking ass. But you know, it's something that over the course of my life, and that's why I never did MMA. I used to box for a long time and I never I never did MMA because I was starting to get serious, serious gaps in my life because of, of concussion issues. Um, what I found is, is that I just have to start paying attention to those things. I have to realize that this is something that is a part of my life. Um, I have to be preemptive about it and I have to be cautious about it. like I can't get wasted every night because I get dehydrated and it causes more issues in my brain when you while your brain is you know 80 90 percent water or whatever the hell it is you know I don't again this is from my meager knowledge just things that I put together um you know I know my knees are bad um so you know I have to pay attention to not being able to I can't run anymore I can't do things that, that put stressors on that and in and in general what I find more than anything is that when you deal with your overall health in general, your overall, you know, the, the different symptoms of being unhealthy are what cause mm -hmm. your ailments. You know, and, and as long as you're keeping your body healthy, you try to eat healthy, you try to do some exercise, mm -hmm. you try to sleep, you try not to get wasted every every night like an asshole. Like your body will thank you for it in the long run. Yeah. That's just my, my approach to things like that. Right. Yeah, a, a part of the reason I got as deep into, you know, functional and integrative medicine as I did is because I married a fighter and, you know, their stem cells are great, but they're $75,000. Yeah, exactly. So I wish I was Joe Rogan, Rogan and I could fly to Venezuela every right. weekend to get right. a stem cell injection, but I just can't, right? Yeah, exactly. Not all of us are Mel Gibson's dad who can just right. go down to Panama and get, you know, right. a drip thrown in over a weekend. So I, I had to start looking at ways that, you know, how do we prolong the career of somebody whose knees are blown apart? How do we reduce uh, the length of recovery from a concussion? What do we do when tissue needs to heal in a certain amount of time? Otherwise, someone's not going to get paid. And, uh, you know, it turns out there is quite a, a lot of information out there, but it's all peppered in different places and then needing to have the mind or at least the, the foundational education. And how do I read a medical study? How do I check to make sure that study was done correctly? How do I know, how do I go and find whether a drug company that is selling this pill funded this study, therefore making it a totally nonsense study that no one should like part of the reason I went back 
back to school was I need somebody to teach me how to do these things so I can sort through all of information and find the stuff that's valid and then make it available to people. And that that's most of the time people come to me and say, there's too much information. I don't know what's real. I don't know what's fake news. I don't know what to do. Help. And they'll just like drop like a stack of printouts on my, my desk. I'm like, all right, let's go through. Here we are. Well, it, it, def it definitely, real, real quick, it definitely yeah, sounds like you're, you have a very strong network that you're of, of people in different areas of the world that you're working with. You spoke uh, about getting reports from China towards the start of the yeah. outbreak, Italy afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. So what, uh, could you tell us more about like what channels you were using? Was this other homeopathic practitioners in different areas or were they people with your degree? Well, or are they just people that you know? Well, so the the shortest version of the story is when I was in organ failure, there was a GoFundMe that uh, was to raise money for my care because Louisiana didn't have a hospital with a specialist that specialized in my disease and they didn't have the machines necessary to test me for what they thought they had. So I had to be shipped to Cleveland Clinic, which is the number two or number one hospital in North America, depending on what department you're going to. Uh, and that GoFundMe went viral. Uh, I got very lucky, like incredible, you know, there was an outpouring of people who wanted to help. They were able to fund my care. And as a result, a ton of medical professionals found that GoFundMe because it was mystery illness, girl with mystery illness. And so some of the people who donated were doctors in other countries who were like, I studied this and I think it sounds like this. I studied this. You should talk to that. And when I didn't die, they would start checking in on me. And a lot of those people have become friends. <laughs> so Aww. there's a, an unbelievable, um, there's an, under, the, the person in Japan who helped me, you know, collect some information on this is a pancreatic cancer surgeon in Tokyo. Her name is Hitoe. She's about our age. Um, she's a groundbreaking robotics cancer surgeon at a major hospital there. And she was, you know, going through the literature and seeing COVID before we'd ever, before we even really admitted we had a problem here with it. So she's an example of someone I knew just because she donated, saved my life. And then was like, are you still alive? Are you still alive? Are you still alive? Are we friends now? It's like, I think we're best friends now. Like you helped me <laughs> Uh, and so and obviously when you go to school, you make friends with your classmates. So some of this information was, you know, passed through people who do the same thing I do, but do it in California, people who do the same thing I do, but do it in, you know, France. Uh, and then I have clients that are, are kind of, you know, I treat a lot of people not in Louisiana. I treat people like, you know, the way we're talking now via FaceTime, just getting their health histories, everything else. And so the more you're talking to people, information out. I have a Patreon, you know, that I push information out for free on and uh, some paid content. People find it, they'll write and they'll say, hey, this article you did on vitamin D was really helpful. Thanks, you know, thank you. And all of a sudden you, you have a connection there. So sometimes social media is the worst, but sometimes it's really, really useful. And then of course my mom, as a, as a critical care nurse, she was getting updates as well. And so she would send me, you know, there's these Google docs that health practitioners uh, pass around that on the top for practitioners only. And like, I, I get to have access to them now sometimes. And that's how I found out about some of this stuff. So one little, one little thing I want to add to that, and, and because you're doing a great job, you, you really are. I'm, I'm actually learning a lot from this, but I, I just want to reiterate something from someone that's been in the game 
like I have for a long time and knowing the mind of a lot of people that are in similar circumstances that I am, you know, I, I, I know a lot of fighters and I know a lot of uh, jiu-jitsu practitioners, a lot of long time, long-term, uh, you know, tough guys for lack of a better terminology. And, you know, in the male dominated world, even I don't even say the male dominated in the alpha dominated world of uh, let's get through this shit. You tend to see a lot of people that just say, well, you know, I'm, and I used to be of this, ilk myself of you know it'll just eventually get better the pain will go away i don't have to worry about this and just move on with my life and and i i i'm here to tell you that that's just not the right way to do it and listening to you talk it, it's, it's important to realize that you know i am not a doctor i am not a medical professional therefore i am not licensed and or able to die self-diagnose myself off of you know google md or web md or any of the other things that i feel like i should do and sometimes that's to your to your to your uh to your harm. Um, so just like I tell people that come to me and say, Hey, I want to learn to do jujitsu. Where should I go train at? I don't tell them to go train at the blue belts gym down the street that doesn't know what he's doing about it. Or the guy that claims to be a black belt that really has no, no clue of, of anything in terms of fighting. I tell them to go seek the knowledge of a real professional. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I have been doing and, and I have forced myself to do this in my later ages is to say to myself, you know what, man, like, you're self-diagnosing yourself. You're taking advantage. You're, you're looking at things and you're trying to, to to describe what's wrong with yourself. And you really have no like bearing for understanding what the right course of action is. So go talk to a professional. And along those lines, also, you know, most fighters we don't have insurance. We don't have health insurance. I don't have any fucking health no. insurance. In it. But what we do have is networking. And when you deal with community, you'd be very surprised. How many doctors, how many specialists, how many people that I know that are in the jiu-jitsu community, that are in the fighting community, that are happy to, you know, maybe not take you down to the office and give you an MRI. Of course, like, you know, I've had a few of those things just because I'm, you know, I'm a black belt. Shit like that comes. People just love black belt. Um, I, I'm sorry. I don't have Cobra, but takes out my black belt. Uh, this doing but, it for you. <laughs> but the point of it, the point of the matter is, is like, you know, don't be afraid to go out there and, 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 and ask people for their advice. And doctors are more than happy. You know, they, they like you. They're a part of your life. They're a part of your community. I guarantee you that 90% of the people watching this that train jujitsu, there is a doctor somewhere in your gym or somewhere connected to one or two of your students that will help you to get some advice and to get some right ideas on, on a course of action to help with your injuries. Because I'll, I'll tell you straight up. Shit never just goes away. <laughs> it's yeah. always a long-lasting. Uh, uh, I wish that's how it worked, but it is definitely just not how that works at all. But no, and you're totally right. And something that's also really interesting, it's different in my fighters than in my my other patients, is, you know, the the alpha dog thing. The You just tough it out. You know, you you work through the pain. No pain, no gain. There There is a problem with that, which is that, you do that long enough and all of a sudden you have a 35 or a 40 year old man who's never learned how to articulate how something hurts or where it hurts or when it hurts because he's been told detach from it. Don't admit it, ignore it, you know, take this pill, ignore it, keep going. And all of a sudden he's sitting in the room with a practitioner and he's completely unable to articulate how it hurts, why it hurts. And so it takes us a lot longer to get to a diagnosis and to a really good management plan for some of these guys because it it could take them three or four sessions to be like my knee like this and then you're like oh okay i i get it now that's 
all right, now I know what's wrong with you. But when they come in, they're like, you know, I'm not really feeling great. I'm not performing all that well. And you're like, and what's, does it burn? Does it itch? Does it, does it swell? Does it, and they're like, I don't know. I don't know. Like to train people to communicate. So don't, don't get me started. Don't get me started on the alpha male and lack of communication. Believe me, I, I could, I could spend a whole fucking, uh, the only alpha male I know in my life that's bigger than, uh, Kevin is my buddy, Jeff, high level purple belt, a uh, former D one rugby player. And he told me with a straight face, something that to this day, I can't wrap my head around. I'm like, how'd you deal with injuries? He's like, uh, you know, in, in college, uh, I would just I would get sprained ankles, and uh, yeah, I'd ignore them. I'd never, uh, you know, I'd run, and I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, for four years, I would get sprained ankles all the time and just keep running." And uh, so he's like, "Run!" I'm like, "You're running on four years of of sprained yeah. ankles." He's like, "Yeah," and I like I, I have trouble running now, <laughs> yeah, I- but he's like, he's such a tough dude. Like he is tough almost to his detriment where it's like, yeah, it's fine. It's whatever. And I'm like, Jesus, man. <laughs> now it's yeah. true. Sometimes we're doing these fight camps with people and we have to be like, I swear to God, if you go 100% again, I'm going to ban you from the gym for two days because there's no longevity to this. If you beat your body up to the point where it's broken by the time you're 33, like, Let's talk a little bit about that because that's something that I have noticed. Again, I'm old school and I was around, you know, during the, you know, before MMA was even really a thing and back in the days of boxing. And I think that a lot of the template for that uh, crossover, that I, I really believe that we're starting to break through that and people are starting to realize that you don't need to train that hard. But a lot of that thought comes from, again, the same, the same alpha male uh, process of, you know, in order for you to achieve your greatest, you have to completely destroy your body in the process in order to rebuild, to, to, to recreate those, uh, those circumstances. Um, do you feel like, I mean, uh, the answer is obviously yes, but do you, do you feel like the modern world is starting to break away from those philosophies and realizing there are smarter, more intelligent ways to keep your body in the best possible shape where as, and also maintain longevity and keep yourself from getting injured? It feels like we're getting there. I, I, you know, sometimes I can't believe I'm saying it, but like Joe Rogan's show has done more for intelligent <laughs> recovery and, you know, Maybe don't be such a meathead about this. Then I have I a love hate relationship with Joe Rogan myself. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I'm right there with you. <laughs> One day you're listening to it, and they're like, and the flashlight. And then the next day they're like, so trauma therapy and trauma healing. And you're like, wait, what? What happened? Like, it felt, it felt like it happened overnight. But what were you going to well, say? It, on it has a ton of products geared to that i know joe's pretty deep with them like i think he's a big investor in the company i never really got his his relationship with them but you know uh, like they he's always been you know kettlebell like plyometrics you know like a lot of active recovery stuff a lot of people are hearing about it for the first time through him um it's it's people have a lot of power you know when they have a, a a good platform I had I had a really specific question regarding vitamin C that I want I completely yeah. forgot to ask about. So uh, there's a lot of ways to get your nutrients. Uh, I have these things called emergency packs. It's like sort of like uh, cold like fixes, and it I have a ton- dip a little bit. Yes, and I was wondering I was wondering if if that is a is a good source of vitamin C just because that's all I have in my house. 
all right, um, it's not terrible, but you could do better. Uh, I'm saying okay. now that now that you are solidly out of the white belt section of your career, you should you should graduate to a better form of uh, emergency is a white belt's vitamin C source. We want to see you as, as you're climbing up the ranks, uh, getting into like a liposomal vitamin C. So a a good um, ascorbic acid and a liposomal, a fat base so that it absorbs more completely. Um, I really like, there's a brand called uh, Live On Labs, L-I-V-O-N, Live On Labs. Um, and that's the one that I personally use and recommend. I'm pretty sure they're sold out like the next 10 years, but you know, whenever they restock, you should grab that. But um, that, that vitamin C you have, like if you start having COVID symptoms, you should take that like three or four times a day with consistency every day until you're better. Like don't, don't not take it, but we, we can do better. We can graduate you to a, a more bioavailable version of vitamin C that you don't urinate out quite so quickly. I, I will be writing down the word liposomal, by the way. I think that's a beautiful <laughs> word. I don't know how I'll use it in context, but it is a very nice word. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a nice SAT word. It just means anything you put in fat. So if yeah. you're sitting like inside a pool of like avocado oil, you're liposomal Kevin at that oh, point. That <laughs> sounds real quick. That sounds very nice right now. I, I feel like that would be therapeutic. Yeah. For I me. was simultaneously remembering my high school English as well as my high school chemistry in that last response. That was pretty Kev, Kev your, your grammar has shot through the roof I'm, in under I'm, three episodes. I said, I said intrepid <laughs> one time you didn't know what it meant and now it's like every day your dictionary thesaurus like you're trying to one-up me man i had a frame of reference of what intrepid meant i was just trying <laughs> to understand how it was used in the context of describing me and i still don't really understand it but i'm gonna pretend like i do okay. now we, we i i wanted uh this this could potentially get uh controversial but uh mm-hmm. as someone like in the in uh, really connected and in the health industry, uh, and you've you've gotten the chance to see how other countries have responded to COVID. How are we doing? <laughs> All right. Um, so <laughs> this I is the part where we lose viewers, by the way. <laughs> and I'm going to cut. All right. So hear me out on this. Um, we really screwed up the beginning of this. Uh, we had some opportunities to get some tests from the World Health Organization that would have sped up how quickly we could have tested people and how effectively we could have tested people. And we said, no, we don't want your tests. We're going to make our own. And then when we did make our own tests, a whole bunch of them did not work. So we ended up way behind the eight ball in testing. I think that that's important to remember that, you know, this is, it's not about politics. It's not about who you vote for. It's just when you decline a test that works, waste time making your own and then screw it up and make a test that work. You miss a huge swath of patients and your viral vectors for infection go all crazy like this. We, we could have potentially isolated it more and we didn't. But now that we are into it and we're doing what we're doing, um, I, I'm, I'm going to give us like a C. Uh, I, I'd say that uh, it's been great to see some of the governors, some of the mayors really take uh, social distancing seriously, talk to people about, you know, not everybody who's at risk is going to be 65 above some people 
uh, a huge group of people who are at risk are not old. They're people in their 30s and they're people in their 30s and 40s who have never been seriously ill before. And so their immune systems are not conditioned for a cytokine storm. So, all right, like, let's get a little sciencey. <laughs> You know, the cytokine storm is one of the hallmarks of this virus. It's one of the uh, are like little scouts for your immune system. They go out and they're like, there's inflammation over here. Uh, you should come over here. And the immune systems like the cytokine said that we should go over there. We should go fix this problem. Say so they'll go there. COVID is a really smart virus because it makes those cytokines be like, you should go here and here and here and here and here all at once. Also, I'm lying about all of that. And the immune system's like, it, let's kill the host. Uh, and so some people who are in their 30s and 40s, never been sick before, might have some inflammatory diseases, might have um, some underlying genetic abnormalities. Their immune system has never been lied to. So it doesn't know to ignore those cytokines stirring up all this crazy. And that's not a scientific way, but I mean, basically a cytokine storm is an inflammatory nonsense and missignaling. And so I think over the last couple of weeks, we've seen more leaders start to say, hey, it's not just about 65 year olds. Like some of y'all in your 30s and 40s are going to need to be careful about this because we don't know exactly which one of you yet might be more likely to experience a cytokine storm. We haven't gotten that far into research yet. Something I'm unhappy about one in the community and is somebody who's dealing, you know, I, I have COVID patients right now, home cases, people are treating at home. They can't breathe. They're fatigued for a really, really long time. They're terrified. They're stressed and their terror uh, about whether they're going to end up in the hospital makes their symptoms worse. And so to me, it feels like we could be doing a better job for individuals who are not in the hospital, letting who are not critical cases know how to treat themselves effectively and how to monitor themselves relapse more effectively. That makes sense. So we've sort of said, hey, if you're not critical, you're not going to be admitted to the hospital, stay home. And then they sit there and they're like, if they don't have a person like me or if they don't have a really capable family doctor, if they're uninsured and they don't have someone who can guide them through the process, they're very anxious. They're not sleeping. They don't have there's breathing exercises you need to do to prevent pneumonia from setting in they're not getting that information they don't know about the vitamin c they've been told stay inside they don't know that they have to keep their vitamin d and their potassium up throughout the duration of the virus to prevent it from getting worse and so it's it's hard for me to watch the news and see you know the talk is all vaccine social distancing vaccine social distancing vaccine social distancing for the record, I love vaccines. I think polio fucking sucks. I 100% am down. Whoa, 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 Kim. That is a very, that's a very controversial take. Chill out. I'm Chill out. <laughs> but I'm, we, to all our pro polio audience members, I'm really polio. sorry. I know, that's I know. Not, that won't happen polio again. Just signed right off right now. But <laughs> I would love to see more of a conversation about, hey, if you do have hypertension, if you do have diabetes, if you don't have a doctor, here are things that you can be doing to prevent getting COVID. And if you are treating it at home, here's here are the ways you can support your body during that because they are doing that in Italy. They are doing that in Japan. They are doing that in other areas, giving more 
detailed, helpful instructions to their citizens about here's how you make your immune system strong and here's how you keep your immune system from going completely haywire during a massive viral infection that you're treating at home. Yeah, I, I think that one thing I'd like to add in that regard, just in terms of, of you know, wrong and right. And again, I don't I, I, I you know, obviously I don't I make no qualms about how I feel about uh, about the direction of which we've gone as a country. And I, and I you know, whatever. That's not the that's not the point. But the point <laughs> of the matter is, is wrong or right. We're in this situation and there's nothing we can do about that now. And I don't care who's to blame. I don't blame pictures because right. personally, in my point of view, yes, mistakes were made. But I also believe that this is something unprecedented that we just didn't really understand the scope of until it was already on top of us. We could have done a better job testing. We could have done a better job of a lot of things. And, you know, just like you said, the CDC screwed up. They put a wrong test out. And here we are now. I, it makes me it, – it upsets me that we lost the tactical advantage of having uh, advanced prior knowledge from other countries because we weren't – able to do the testing and essentially uh you know quarantine appropriately which is what would happen in the first place because now when you're quarantining ahead of time instead of closing off the whole damn country you take the sick people and you quarantine them off and you tell them to stay right. home until eventually we get to a position to where hopefully the, the disease dies off unfortunately um i think this disease is special i i, I heard it on joe rogan i can't remember the epidemiologist's ep name but he had him on there prior to the ma major calamity of this and he, he, he described fighting this coronavirus like stopping the wind, which I mm -hmm. thought was a pretty uh, – it's just so amazingly contagious. And now when I hear the things you talk about, uh, you know, the intelligence of the disease, when you talked about the clustering or whatever, I couldn't remember the terminology you used. But, but, storm, yeah. Right, the way it overrides your natural signaling, it's a very savvy virus. It's, yeah. a, it's a nice piece of, you know, natural engineering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's like – this is a – like it's it's, you know – from a scientific point of view, if you wanted to nerd out, you could literally say how beautiful and amazing it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's as well as it is terrifying. The one thing I would like to say is that I, 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 I wish that as a nation, we could get to a point to where we start to realize like that, you know, we're not having amazing, like ridiculous outbreaks in other areas because we are doing the right things right now because we are as a nation starting to lock ourselves away. We're starting to use the mandatory lockdowns. We're starting to, to, to use the separations and, and, and social distancing to our advantage. And that's exactly what, what, what Dr. Verducci and some of the other powers to be said would happen. He actually, I mean, I can remember in quoting him saying that if in two months from now, we all look at this and we say we overreacted, then I did my job. Right. Um, I think it's very important that as a nation, we recognize that, that maybe we're getting to the point where we're saying, Jesus, well, how come my hospitals are overflowing with patients? How come, you know, we're not having the same thing as New York. This is all bullshit. I don't see it in my face. Well, the reality is it's because we are doing the right things in that regard. And if we break that down, mm -hmm. then we end up with the calamity we get in New Orleans. We end up with the calamity we've got in New York. So it's important to try to stay that course a little longer as far as I'm concerned, but. No, and you know something that's interesting is when I did get the heads up about this from some friends in other countries, like Hitoe in Japan. You know, she said, "I'm I'm really worried about the United States because the average level of health in the average individual walking around in your country." I was like, "I know it's bad," and yeah. we. I'm hoping that on the other side of this, culturally, there's a shift where people. Stop acting like, you know, eating well, moving and not, you know, being rose of addiction is lame. You know, like we, we've gotten to this weird thing. It's like, 
what are you a homo? And you're like, because I'm eating a salad and I, yeah. I, I weights today. Like we, that's our reaction to things. Now. I think we're breaking away from that. And, I, and again, as much as like we, we can say here nor there, like, again, there are parts of Joe Rogan that, that yeah, ain't so savory, but there's right. also a lot of good. I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan, not because I'm, I'm completely enamored of him. I love his MMA stuff, but, um, I'm also, you know, I look for pointers to, to do my own podcast because, you know, he's an awesome podcast giver. He's, you know, really he's, he's, he's really good at it. But he's also does a very good job of helping to break down those stigmas of, you know, we are just men. We can eat fried chicken and do whatever the hell we want to. to you know, no, he's a healthy man that helps to spread that. Hey, guys, uh, I like I got to break away. I swear if I if I have a son and I see him ever eating a salad, I'm throwing him in the street. <laughs> I'm not raising no Nancy boy. No. No, that's like that's I swear, it, 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 like in a fruit. Like if he ever eats a strawberry, I'm spitting at him. Like no, yeah. no, man, that's not the only way to eat straw. Like blueberries is in a muffin, and even that's suspect. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That's I, I, I am joking. I need to look dead in the camera and say that was a joke <laughs> to my future son. Eat all the salad you want. I don't care, man. Yeah. I, I hope that as a country yeah. we can move past that. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I and I I think that I have this hope that after all this is done, we're gonna see a lot of people going to the gym more, you know, to to like appreciating the being outdoors, maybe like going and socializing and, and enjoying the ability to train your body and, and do things. Not just jujitsu, but just you know, the 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 weightlifting gym down the street, the CrossFit gym, you know, whatever gets you going, the yoga studio, you know, the the cycle center, take a soul cycle class, whatever gets you going. I we we covered a lot of really heavy stuff and Kim, thank you for all this great information. I would if if you guys would indulge me, I would like to end on a really trashy note that I haven't been able to stop thinking about. Is this, this going to get weird, Kev? No, no, well, it's a little weird. So <laughs> I don't know how long you've been alone for. <laughs> so a lot of people are aware that Gwyneth Paltrow, famous actress, has a little lifestyle company called Goop. Yeah. All right. Now, do, do, Kim, do you know where I'm going weird, with this? By the way. <laughs> Are we going to talk about jade eggs? Are you? Yes. Eggs? Yes. I want to talk about the jade. Well, I'm also just because I have a very, like you guys, I have a very personal relationship with with uh, homeopathic doctors. I grew up with a an absolutely debilitating cough that would like that would. It was. It sounded like a car horn and some animal that is yet to be discovered, and it was like. I would cough for like seven, eight minutes at a time. Like I would have to leave classrooms and a bunch of people absolutely could not figure it out. Like they'd have, uh, I was in testing for hours and hours, like for years. And it wasn't until I was like eight that we, we finally went to a, a homeopathic doctor who, uh, the, through a lot of, uh, through like six sessions within a month, he was able to figure out like what was wrong with my breathing. Uh, gave me some supplements. I haven't had that cough since. You know, it was a very radical thing. But I would be remiss to to say there wasn't a very big stigma attached to homeopathic remedies. And I feel like things like goop aren't exactly helping. And I was. No, yeah. no. Goop makes my can job we say, a lot Can we say vagina candles? Can we just say it now to get it out of the way? Oh, yeah. No, we, I, I was going to end. Time. That was going to be how <laughs> I ended the <laughs> show. The but, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, yeah, Kim. Yeah, since what, you're what, actually, were you, what were you saying? Since you're in the, yeah, like just talk about like what it's like for you optically. Sorry. 
<laughs> makes my job uh, really difficult because when you sell like $600 stickers that somebody's supposed to wear on their wrist that allegedly changes like the charge of their body, people obviously read that and go, that's nonsense. And then right next to that article, selling that nonsense will be an article about the antiviral properties of turmeric. And all of a sudden you've got facts next to nonsense and it's <laughs> do this and people are like well i read about the turmeric right next to the bullshit stickers so turmeric must be bullshit also and you're like no here's mountains of clinical data and it's there are people studies in vitro studies animal studies here and it, it's too late but um uh, on the jade eggs uh and if, if you are are looking to tighten and structure your vagina differently the jade eggs will do that for you but anything else that they say the jade eggs do is nonsense there's there's nothing yes nothing <laughs> I, I was unaware of the jade eggs as oh soon as you in this podcast i will be googling jade eggs no so, for, for maybe a little alone time i reach out to gwyneth paltrow like imagine goop's our first sponsor we get sponsored by goop we get a, a discount code if you're checking out Jade Eggs, use the discount code Jujitsu Times Kevin and Kevin. Yeah, that's you know Joe had the flashlight. If you could get the Jade Egg cornered, like that's that's where to start. So. Oh, dude, we that's could be the Jade Egg guys. <laughs> I uh, that's an interesting segue into that because I I agree with you in that regard. I feel like sometimes the homeopathic industry is is uh, uh, some of the new new age yeah. concepts become detrimental to the reality of the science involved with, uh, with, with newer old, because I mean, shit, man, if you think about the idea of what a prescription medication is, I mean, it's not like we're taking chemicals that aren't naturally occurring in the world. We're finding the basis for a lot of these, for all of these chemical properties in, in nature. You know, you go out in the, the Amazonian rainforest and you find new roots and new new flowers and new nuts and whatever the hell they do to grind up to find the chemical pro chemical properties that make uh make up these these medicinal uh, items. You know, penicillin comes from you know orange mold. So yeah, when you can learn what these chemical properties are and then in turn take them before they've been mutated and crushed and rearranged in a chemical property or in a chemical process, you can get the essentials of it. It's very but what's interesting is a hundred years ago, you know, quacks and, and quackery, snake oil, charlatans, a hundred years ago, that referred to medical doctors. So there, you know, if you go into medical history, patent medicines, pharmaceuticals, pharmacies, patent medicines um, began as these doctors would patent a medicine that was a cure for a thing. And most of the time they were made out of things like lead and arsenic. <laughs> and uh, heavy metals and incredible poisons. You know, like one of our original cures for syphilis was smearing a human being with three and then leaving them next to a fire so it would get into their pores. And their Did syphilis you say mercury would because it cut off. Did you say mercury? Cut out for a second. Mercury. Yeah, mercury used to be like our go-to cure for syphilis. And they would literally rub it into a person's body head to toe and stick him next to an open place so he would absorb all of it like quackery used to be about pharmaceuticals and then we, we right. kind of did a little reversal and now people look at herbs and roots as if they've always been quackery and it's it's not actually like there's there's a lot in the natural world worth cheering for it's uh, 
There was an intelligent design. I don't know who the designer was, but there are some things out there that are really worth investing in. Well, I mean, I think there that, that there was that guy that just had a, uh, I think there was a holiday named after him a few days ago. Like, so like he came, he woke up in a cave, you know, after dying and getting nailed to a cross. It might be him. It might be some other guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. The Easter Bunny? <laughs> yes, the Easter Bunny. The Easter Bunny who was crucified by the Romans and rose again on the third. Yes, okay. Uh, right. My my childhood priest is going to have some very awkward questions for me if he sees this episode. <laughs> I, I was I was an altar boy myself, so this is uh, this is going to a oh, dark spot. Oh, great! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Kim, well, man, you're awesome, man. I, this is this has been very very uh, very uh, interesting for me to talk to you about because you know we had we had brief conversations and you know a lot of the stuff I got from you in a uh, brief little uh, Facebook messages back and forth. I went out and bought my, uh, oh God, ah, the uh, glutathione. Uh, yes, yes, that's what I'm talking do about. I, yes. do, I have to keep that? That, do I have to keep that refrigerated? Should I keep it refrigerated? Uh, I, would, I would, if it's it's the liquid, yeah. right? Yeah. The spray, yeah, keep that in the fridge. Don't yeah. let that get all nasty. Yeah, I, what is I that? Woke up, the glutathione. Uh, uh, Glutathione, the master antioxidant, um, you know, it, it can be helpful in immunity and also uh, in moving certain infections out of your body a little bit faster. If anybody wants to nerd out or go deeper, um, I have a Patreon called Chronically Chill, and I have a couple posts that I, I kept free so that you know you don't have to pay anything, but it's got a list of here are the evidence-based clinical, these are things that you can take pretty much down, you know, the entire list without worrying, you know, I don't like to give supplement recommendations to people without knowing their medical history so that you don't make a bad recommendation to somebody. But generally speaking, here are things that you can take to boost immunity and they're all right there. Um, they're all laid out and it includes stuff like cold therapy and sunlight. And so. Jade, and Jade that's eggs, one question obviously. I ask you. That's one, one more question I want to ask you before you go along with the same, same ideas. You, you talked about how you like to make sure you have a, a clinical history of a patient before you start recommending things based upon that thought process, the idea of homeopathic seems to lead someone to believe, well, it's all natural. Should I be, I should be okay. Is there a point when taking the wrong homeopathic cures could be just as detrimental as maybe taking the wrong medication? Yes. Uh, whether it's a natural medicine or whether it's a synthesized medicine we've made in a lab, you can really screw yourself up taking medicines blindly. And it's, it's kind of why, you know, what you're saying before about, you know, I get on WebD, I diagnose myself, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've had to work with a couple of clients who have really messed themselves up being like, so I thought I had this. I read that the thing that I should do is take all these herbs and they take too much. They take them in the wrong amounts. They take them in the wrong time. And all of a sudden they, they bombed their insides. So before you just start, you know, self-medicating, whether you're self-medicating with something that grows in your backyard or something that you, you know, order from an online pharmacy, please talk to somebody first. Yeah. You, you can mess yourself up. Uh, you can overdo it on vitamin C and give yourself the shits. So make sure you're dosing things appropriately yeah, i always say don't you don't go to a plumber to get advanced get advice on how to fix your car so make sure no. you're not diagnosing yourself find find seek out the advice of professionals 
to find out what you really need. God, man, if the world only did that more in general, could you imagine what a beautiful place we'd live in? Anyway, segue. <laughs> imagine, imagine by John Lennon plays. Yeah, exactly. right. <laughs> That's a stupid song, but like, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been a very informative and sciencey, much more like it's it's way above our IQ, but oh, not yeah. above our guests. Uh I have been thank you for joining us for a very informative episode of the Jiu-Jitsu Times. I have been your host, Kevin Bradley, joined as always by my co-host, Kevin. That was the smoothest one yet. Love it. It. And We're our special guest, our special guest, Kimberly Kay. You can find out more about her on her Patreon, Chronically Chill. Uh, follow her on Instagram or check out the news stories that she produces for our website, the Jiu-Jitsu Times. But yeah, stay safe, wash your hands, and uh, get ready to pohada again because the day is coming, everybody. It's coming. It's um, coming. We will be trained again soon. Until that time comes, be safe, guys. Don't be stupid. Make this protect your neck and watch out for jade eggs. Use jade eggs responsibly. Uh, Go go, go, go (laughs) group the jade eggs right now.